All right, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to some, wherever you are in the world, whatever time it may be, you are tuned in to the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. I am the X-Factor Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill. And folks, it's such a pleasure to be able to come to you on this Monday at the time of this recording, November 6th. Great to be back here with James. Great to be back to doing the podcast. Great to be back on television. Because I'm sure you've noticed we have not been doing this podcast for quite some time. And you also have not seen my face nor heard my voice for quite some time. But I can tell you for a fact I'm back. But let me tell you where I've been. So on the evening of September 15th, I was covering the Manatee High School and Braden River High School football game. Big Manatee rivalry classic right there. It was actually one of our two ABC7 sports games of the weeks for that week because that was the week of correct me if I help me out here if you can James. It was one of those holidays where or one of those days where Sarasota County was not playing on Friday. It was that week of that I cannot remember the name of the day right now of what exactly that was about, but it was a in observance of something very important in particular. So we had two Manatee, well, two games of the week that week. One was in Sarasota County. James covered the Cardinal Mooney game that eve- the that Thursday evening. And I covered the Manatee High School Braden River game that week as well. But we were coming towards the end of the first quarter. I was on the Braden River sideline, and I was doing what I normally would be doing on a Friday night, what James would normally be doing on a Friday night. Any of our crew members who have helped us would be doing on a Friday night. I was gathering a highlight, and I was on the Braden River sideline, and there were two players who were they were trying to tackle each other. And, James, you know how this works. I mean, this is something that routinely happens in football a lot. The guys are trying to end the play on the field, but sometimes it spills over into the sideline, and somebody who's not a part of the game action ends up taking a bump or they end up taking a hit or whatever the case may be. Well, that was the same thing that happened to me. I was trying to get out of the way as I saw those players incoming, but I just was not able to get out of the way in time. So I ended up basically being tackled. But the hit itself was not the problem. It was me trying to brace my fall. And maybe I was trying to protect my my camera and myself at the same time because, James, as you know, your equipment is your equipment, and you have to protect that as well. But I believe maybe I was trying to protect both at the same time. And... The minute that I got off the ground, of course, I didn't notice it immediately because I got up, my legs, they felt just fine. My arm got up, felt just fine. Chest area, everything felt just fine. And then I tried to turn my left wrist, and I couldn't exactly do it. And I turn it over just a little, and I look at it, and I could see the deformity. I could see part of my bone that was popping out. Not to get too graphic here with you folks, but just to really just tell you that I knew immediately right then and there that I had broken my wrist. Of course, I went to the hospital and I got my x-rays and I got everything confirmed. But sometimes when something happens to you, you know. And you know when something's wrong and you know when you need to get help. So I picked up my camera in my right hand and I walked over to where my cart was where we keep our gear when we're out on the fields. And I put the camera there and I went over to the home team trainer and I said, listen, I believe my wrist may be broken. Can you take a look at this? And he said it definitely could possibly be broken. But the one thing he did do for me, and thank you to the trainer for this, he put a splint on my left arm to help straighten everything back out to at least get the blood flow 
back going properly with that because I know that, you know, we have individuals who, even as athletes as well, will try to tough certain things out. But when certain things happen to you, if you need to go ahead and get help immediately, get that help immediately. You don't want to complicate anything. You don't want to put yourself at risk of an infection. Go ahead and get it checked out as soon as you can. So to keep the story going right here, I was able to get everything loaded back up into my workstation car that I was assigned. I called back here at the station, let everyone knew what was going on. James had actually just walked back into the door when I was actually speaking with a manager, informing them of what was going on. One of our coworkers came and he drove me over to the hospital, Manatee Memorial Hospital on that same night. And, you know, we waited. We got the x-ray, we got the confirmation, and it was confirmed I had a broken wrist, but it also was confirmed that I needed surgery. So for the past seven weeks, I have been out on the men. You may have heard my voice from time to time tracking some stories, being able to be involved in the content the best way I can. And I'm very thankful that we were able to find ways of being creative and keeping me in the game and keeping me into, into the loop of what was going on. But the first two weeks, I was just simply sitting at home with my arm in a cast and a sling waiting to have surgery. Then I finally did have surgery on October 2nd. And two weeks after that, I was taken out of my cast and I was assigned a brace. And, you know, we've been making gradual progression each day, just continuing to see progress each day, which is a win in my book. Uh, I just want to take this time to say thank you to everybody who has reached out, all of the viewers who were concerned about where I was. I apologize that you did not hear from me, but please be patient with the fact that I was going through my recovery process. And a huge thank you to my ABC7 family, our news director, our general manager, our teammates we have here, and uh, James himself as well. I mean, there was not a week, nearly almost a day that didn't go by that somebody did not call, text, or do some form of check-in on me, whether it was, hey, you doing okay? How are you doing? Do you have provisions at home? Do you need provisions at home? Do you need groceries? Can I cook you some food? Do you need to go anywhere? Absolutely top-notch, first class, all the way around. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful to have the work family that I have and the people that I have here surrounding me. And I say all of this to say, if you have moments in your life where something is temporarily and hopefully not permanently, in my case temporarily, taken away from you, if you have an opportunity to get that thing or those people back, cherish it, don't ever take it for granted, and consider yourself blessed. I was cleared to drive on last Tuesday, Halloween, and as soon as, and James, you know this because I've been saying it the entire time, when my doctor tells me I'm cleared to drive, I'm coming back to the studio, I'm coming back to work. And the minute he cleared me to drive, I called our news director and I said, my doctor has cleared me to drive, I'm ready to come back to work. And I returned back through those doors on Thursday, November 2nd to uh, warm embraces, warm hugs, warm welcomes from everyone. Um, just great to be back on your TV screens again. Great to be back doing ABC7 Sports with James again. And I cannot truly tell you just how truly humbled and thankful and grateful and blessed I really am. And, you know, it's just fantastic to be back. And I don't look forward to going anywhere anytime soon. 
So get used to seeing my face on your TV screens once again. But just wanted to take that moment to inform all of you where I have been and why you haven't seen me. And just once again, thank you once again to everyone, the viewers out there who are reaching out. They, we haven't seen Xavier. Where's Xavier? What's going on? Well, you guys know what was going on now. Um, thank you for your patience. Thank you for welcoming me back into your homes on Thursday. We had a fantastic Friday night game night show last Friday. That was that was great to be back with James, the energy we had for that show, the great highlights that we had gathered. I also want to take this time to say thank you to each and every one of our crew members that we have had on the Friday nights, even before I was injured. You guys knocked it out of the park with helping us gather the content we needed to help bring that show to life. And we look forward to you continuing to be a part of what we're doing with Friday Night Game Night as we go into the winter sports and, of course, the spring sports. But I just wanted to take that time just to simply just show my gratitude and my thankfulness just for everybody who's been there for me throughout this entire process. And, you know, folks, when you have to go through things in your life, it's all about how you handle it. And, you know, I'll simply just say to the people who were there from day one that I had to deal with this, Thank you for praying with me. Thank you for praying for me. And thank you, most importantly, for praising God in advance with me for the recovery that we're having. Because I never allowed my mind, and I'm very thankful for this, because when you have to go through certain moments of adversity, especially when it's involving you, when it's involving people you love, that can be that, that can bring up these feelings as well, but especially when it's involving you. I'm very thankful that my mind stayed sharp the entire time and it stayed positive and I was able to go back into my foundation of prayer and faith that I'm from and not one time did I give myself a pity party and not one time did I allow anyone to give me a pity party. I got to tell you folks, I mean, I probably I probably have some more phone calls that I need to make with some other friends and family members to, you know, just make sure that we're good and I say that because James when I sensed that somebody was talking to me almost in a tone like their dog had just died, I was just like, okay, I got to cut this conversation short. I'm like, we cannot do this right now. I'm like, we are focused on healing. We are focusing on recovering. And we are not going to act like my broken wrist is the worst thing in the world right now. There are so many other things that people are dealing with. I knew the entire time that as long as I did what I was supposed to do, which I knew that I would do, listening to my doctors, going through the physical therapy, which I'm still doing, doing my range of motion exercises, doing everything that I needed to do, being patient. And boy, did I learn a lesson in patience through this whole thing, James. It's, it, you know I'm somebody who preaches patience. I really learned a lesson in patience with being able to have to deal with this and overcome this. I mean, I, I've never been happier to be able to drive my car than I am right now, to truthfully be honest with you. But there are people who are dealing with serious illnesses and serious injuries, and they're being diagnosed with things every day. And no matter how well they treat it, they may not be able to overcome it. And I say that to say I was not going to allow myself to fall into a pit of doldrums over what was just simply an inconvenience. I'm thankful that I'm still here. I'm thankful that this was not anything worse. I'm thankful that this was just a week-to-week -week injury and not something that was month-to-month. -month. But just wanted to take this time to show my gratitude and say thank you to everyone and just inform you all of where I've been. And, you know, we're going to keep going. 
you know, we're going to continue to build this department. And before I hand it off to James, I just have to say, James did and is continuing to do a magnificent job of while I was out carrying ABC7 Sports on his back. I mean, it was not an easy task that was given to him in any way whatsoever. For those who don't know, we're a two-person department. It's simply just us. We have our crew members that we can ask to help us out to go out and gather things. But in terms of putting these stories together, it's a two-man band doing this. And when one person goes down, all of that other responsibility falls on everybody else. And, you know, I just hope when you folks see James out in the community, you know, you really shake his hand, give him a fist pump, pat on the back, a high five, whatever, because he has really continued to keep ABC7 Sports going. And now that we're both back in the rotation, I'm excited for the future of what this is going to be. It's going to be very special. And when you look at what we've been able to build, the foundation of ABC7 Sports, it's a beautiful thing. You know, for, for years, there was no sports department. You know, Xavier was able to keep the Friday night experience going. And so I came in here, obviously, with a sports background, but also a, a news background. Half of my career has been news. So I was able to come in here and uh, come in as a news anchor. And then when we had the opportunity to brand and create the new ABC7 sports department, uh, what a phenomenal opportunity. And so we're here for you guys every day, every Friday night, every day, making sure that you have the stories that you deserve and you need, whether it be the high schools in Manatee County or the high schools in Sarasota County. And uh, we want to make sure you have everything you need. But obviously, uh, shout out to Sports Medicine uh, the athletic training staff at Braden River, and then also just the doctors in the medical community here on the Sun Coast as they were able to help Xavier in his recovery effort and in his medical uh, journey, if you will, with surgery and, and just the uh, shout-out to sports medicine. And uh, you see players on football games get broken legs, get carted off, you see people at basketball games turn an ankle and then play two days later. Shout out to sports medicine and what they're able to do uh, to get guys iced up and get guys back on the field. And Xavier is back in the house. And it's fantastic to be back in the house. Thank you for that once again, James. And, I mean, with that being said, I mean, we did do a football show last Friday night for the first time in seven weeks with both of us in house. And, uh, Absolutely phenomenal to be back here for the regular season finale. And boy, did we have quite a showdown on the list of itinerary last week. A lot of senior nights last week for a lot of our teams. One I want to point out in particular was our ABC7 Sports Game of the Week, Cardinal Mooney and Bayshore. A huge shout-out to both of those teams. Uh, let me begin by giving a shout-out to Bayshore High School. They're not going to be going to the playoffs this year. But we saw a resurgence with that team this year. They had some good games. They had some good moments. The program is moving in the right direction. But, and maybe I'm just giving my opinion on this part here. I hope next season they can have the opportunity to do some balancing of some things a little bit differently compared to how things were going last Friday. For those who don't know, last week at Bayshore High School was homecoming week. So they had homecoming week. 
they had a pep rally, and it was also senior night, and there was a football game that had to be played that had a lot of playoff implications on the line. It didn't even guarantee that they were going to be in the playoffs. But had they won, they would have had a much better shot at getting that seven or eight seed they needed to get in. But Cardinal Mooney went in there and they rolled them. But I just wanted to give a huge shout-out to that program for some of the resurgence that we saw this year. Very phenomenal program. In fact, it was the ABC 7 uh, game of the week, and then also it was their last game of the season at home. So that game had a whole lot of moving parts, and obviously their roller coaster and everything they went through, uh, they can say they're back now. That program is back. A lot of times you hadn't heard a lot about that particular program, the Bruins, since the early 2000s, but they're back now. Uh, what Judge was able to do that season, what the coaching staff was able to do, the young man you interviewed who moved down here from up north, and, and just a plethora of players on that team, they all bought in. They went out on the road, got a few wins. They played well at home. They uh, really should, should be proud of what they were able to do this season as they sit back now and reflect. I know they're disappointed in not making the playoffs, but they really, really brought that program back to life, so to speak. So kudos to uh, Bayshore High School. And, you know, we say all of this to say we don't have favorites. <laughs> We're very unbiased with all of this. But on but from day one of us doing this podcast, what James and I both have said is we want to see all of our teams do well in all of their sports. One, it's better content for us. But two, it's great for the community. And it's great to see these young people doing positive things and having positive role models in their lives. And let's just face it, when you're winning, it's going to motivate you to want to do better. That's just the fact of the matter. And we also saw another resurgence this year, Northport High School football. James, at the start of the season, they had gone nearly two years without getting a win. And the season opened up against the Parish Community High School Bulls. We're going to touch on them as well. And they dropped that game. From that point forward, they went on to win five straight games. Now, they lost their last four to close out the season, even though they do have a makeup game against LaBelle this Saturday, but it's not going to count towards their record. So they'll finish the season 5-5. Five and five. But for a program that had not nearly won a game in two years, and James, I also went and I looked on Max Preps, and for Northport, their itinerary dated all the way back to 2005. There was not a single winning season or a 500 season from this from last season all the way to 2005. This season, things started to turn around, and we saw some really good football from the Northport Bobcats program there with uh, head coach Garen Belser. I'll have a story talking about that resurgence uh, today at 5 and 6, and you can catch my uh, huge package tonight at 11, combining all of that together. Also going to have another Northport-based story tomorrow as well about their football program. But, James, you know, what can you just say about what you were able to see with Northport? Because you may have actually saw some of these things earlier than I did because you actually had the chance to go out and visit their athletic director back in July. 
So I'll give you this. Uh, I went down in July to visit the athletic director, and then I'll take it back even to last season. Even though I was doing more newscasting, every blue moon I would do a sports story. And in one particular case, I actually went into Northport High School to cover the Bobcats football team last season. And what happened was because they're in South County and Venice is nearby and Lemon Bay is nearby, basically what Northport decided to do was move down a division, so to speak, or become an independent. We'll use that. And when they became an independent, it gave them an opportunity to reschedule and kind of sift through and kind of uh, rework their program, right? So they're able to do that for two years and then come back and reassess and figure out what they're going to do going forward. But meanwhile, this was the second season of that two-year experience. And during this season, uh, Coach was able to get that team to win games, maybe 500, uh, right between 400 and, and 600. They're right where they want to be in terms of shifting to get that team going in the right direction. Great young men, a nice school, a nice environment, a great athletic director, and they care. And so they're working hard to try to put something positive together, and it will be interesting to see how it shakes out and how, how they move forward next season. And obviously they'll get a chance on Saturday when they face LaBelle. It won't count, but again, uh, that's an opportunity to go out and earn one and to pay tribute to their fans in that Bobcats nation and that pocket of people in that community there who support that program. So uh, that's a great thing. It's a good look for that team. And again, uh, we will have some coverage on that. Obviously, uh, you can watch ABC7. Xavier has a story at 5, 6, and 11 on uh, Northport Bobcats football. And, you know, just want to make this point about Northport as well, about them being an independent. That is the, also the reason they will not be going to the playoffs this year as well. That is simply it from my understanding. Had they been in a district and – this still was their record. They would have had a playoff spot from what I understand. Mm -hmm. So the independent is the only thing that's keeping them out of the postseason this year. And, you know, it would have been their first time back into the playoffs in quite a while. But I believe that team definitely could have made some noise, especially with their running game. They have some elusive running backs down there in Northport High School. They have a lot of speed on that team. And, and throughout the course of our – our uh, Friday night football, what you see is a lot of times you see our, our play of the night and often you see these memorable moments and you see some of the players from Northport on those videos running back kick returns or, or taking a, a punt or, or taking, you know, a snap and cutting through in, in daylight. You know, they go in and they score. So – this is a motivated group of individuals. They have a good coach. They have a good athletic director and, and a good fan base and support. A very nice community and good people. And, and uh, I'm expecting uh, uh, upward mobility and, and some really good things to happen in that area. Speaking of upward mobility, the Manatee Hurricanes really took things up a notch this year with head coach Jaquez Green. A phenomenal season. They won their district. Um, we talked about them from day one, and we talked about how defense was going to be key. 
But that offense really stepped it up to uh, Bonshavier Bean Jr., um, Trayvon Pender, the quarterback Andrew Heidel. Mm. But the defense, they really have some – they have something special right there in the trenches, as they would say. The trenches, exactly why the beloved Colorado Buffs are not doing so well right now. But to keep the focus on Manatee, man, James, if I if I really had to take a guess at this, I really believe these guys are going to go far. Manatee is a football program. When you stop by and you watch their practice and you, you meet uh, Jacquez Green, uh, who played and won a national championship with the old ball coach uh, in Gainesville with the Florida Gators, and when you see, you know, obviously he played in the league with Tampa Bay and with Detroit, he knows his football. So when the first thing you see is structure, when you see that practice, you see them, it's almost like a college-type feel to it. Uh, very disciplined, the guys are skilled, and they really play well. Now, they, were, they had a six-game winning streak as they went into Venice. They struggled in that game. They had a bye week, and then they also lost a nail-biter to Riverview. So at that point, they were 6-2 and two going into another game, and they were able to salvage the year, so to speak, and, and, and make things the way they wanted to by winning at the end. And so their foundation was solid. Uh, they have a, a very good program and the history to do it. Uh, it's a team that has all the ingredients to be very successful. And uh, some people call it a tough out or, you know, some people say they wouldn't want to see them. That's that team. So when you see Manatee, they have a, a big line, skill position players. They have speed on the edges. They can throw it around with Andrew Heidel. They're crafty. They can run the ball. Their secondary is good. They have a good football team, and they will be very interesting to watch as they move forward. Yes. Now, they also did have a game on Friday, and we do have to spend a little time talking about the opponent. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I'm not in the business of embarrassing people and making people look bad. But it was not a good season for the Southeast High School football program. They did not win a game this season. And not only did they go winless, the, it, the scores were not competitive in any of their games. I'm not sure what's going on with that football program over there. I'm not going to blame it on the players. I'm not going to blame it on the coach. But there are some things that need to get cleaned up around there. And, you know, hopefully that can happen without anybody having to be replaced. But it's very unfortunate to see a team that was once known in this community for quite some time of being one of those winning organizations falling on the times that they are on right now. Yeah, obviously they're falling on hard times on the surface. What I would say is when you look at the history of it, there were uh, four high schools. There was Manatee High School. There was uh, uh, Bayshore High School. There was Southeast. And then across the river, there was Palmetto. So you had four different opportunities. What school am I going to go to? What school can Johnny go to and play varsity? Uh, well, he lives on the west side, so we're going to try to play for Manatee. And in those days, everybody pretty much stayed in their district, so to speak. So when you look at a Peter Warwick and the guys who played at Southeast, very successful, right? 
And so they would have these rivalry games against Manatee and Palmetto and, and, and basically the, the teams in that area. So what happened was as the Suncoast expanded, uh, Lakewood Ranch High School came into play. Braden River High School came into play. So now, and then also Parish Community Bulls, and they're having a very successful run, so to speak, and a great program, by the way, they're building there. So now instead of it being four high schools, now it's seven. So some of the trenches, as Xavier alluded to, some of the guys who you would have had maybe they're at uh, Braden River with the Pirates or maybe they're playing at Parish Community or maybe what have you. So times have changed, and uh, they do have a good coach in, in Brett Timmons, but, you know, there's constant reminders of the success they had in the past. But at this point, uh, for whatever reason, it just doesn't look the same. No, it doesn't. And, and, you know, as I was saying, very unfortunate. James pointed out some of the notable alumni from Southeast High School, most notably uh, Florida State great Peter Warwick. Uh, listen, we'll just close this piece of it out by saying we wish them the best in rebuilding that program going forward because I cannot emphasize enough, we want all of our teams to do well. We want this to be a great experience for all of the kids. Uh, he talked about Parish Community High School, though, and they closed out the season in a great fashion on Friday night. It was their senior night hosting the George Jenkins Eagles, coming away with a big win in that. A huge shout-out to first-year head coach Dylan Clark, who at one point was an assistant at Southeast High School. Now, that was not in the recent future, but at one point he was an assistant there. Coming in and taking a program that was climbing last season, and coming in and being able to take them to that next step. They will be on the road in the playoffs. We are not sure who they're going to be competing against yet. But just a fantastic step from where that team was two years ago, James, when they didn't win any games at all, and they looked very similar to what this Southeast program looks like now, how they have been able in a two-year span to be able to get the house cleaned up, get the players properly bought in, and get the right coaching staff in place to get these young men to where they are now. It's saying a lot for a program that is only in its fifth year of existence. Very special place. Uh, when you look at the Bulls football team in that program, uh, they're doing uh, a very good job. You know, those players are gelling together. Uh, and when you go out to that campus, it's in a remote area. You go out 301, you take that turn, and you go into a community. Very nice area, brand-new school, right? So they have top-notch facilities. They have a, a group of people that are buying in and working together, and I think their movement is trending upwards. Uh, they're going to be a really good program, and they have an opportunity on Friday. And uh, it's pretty interesting to look and see at the success they're having so far. And, and again, as Xavier said, they've come a long way in a short period of time, and uh, they will be a team to watch. Speaking of teams to watch, the Palmetto Tigers under first-year head coach, uh, Coach Rashad West, they are also going to be making their return to the postseason. West taking over this season after longtime Coach Marino stepped down last offseason. Uh, a very nice season for those young men. James, when you watch Palmetto, you really see you see a special type of offense 
they have some really good scheme packages that they draw up to get their receivers and their backs going. And you really see the speed that they put on display. They took on the Ida Baker Bulldogs. Um, shouldn't be much of a surprise that they won in the fashion that they did, winning in blowout fashion 42-7. to Because Ida Baker, they also went winless this year. And very similar to Southeast High School, the losses and those scores, they were not close at all. But... There's a saying that's become very popular in the past few years, and I'm going to use it right here. You don't play with your food. See, (laughs) you never know who you're dealing with on any given night, and Palmetto easily could have looked at Ida Baker and just said, well, these guys are nothing. The record indicates this. We're going to come out and win anyway. No, you never know when you're going to get your opponent's best. And they came out there, and they did their jobs, and they took care of business, and they got the victory, and they will be in the postseason. So congratulations to them. There's a young man on that football team at Palmetto, the running back, uh, Devon Thomas, number seven, uh, very skilled. Uh, you talk about speed. He has the, the moves. He's uh, running downhill. He's pretty fast. He's, he's a good player. And then also their quarterback, Clayton Dees, is very good. Uh, they, they get after it. They, their skilled players are, are very good. They're organized uh, with their coaching staff. And then their defense is solid. So uh, if you play Palmetto, you better be ready to play. Really good team. Now let's do some rapid fire right here. Venice uh, winning a back and forth contest on Friday against Clearwater Academy International. The final score in that one was 53 to 42. You know the Indians are heading back to the playoffs. Riverview walloping the Charlotte Tarpons on Friday night. They'll be in the postseason as well. Sarasota hosted IMG Academy. Uh, Not a good season for the Sailors, but we look forward to seeing where they go from here under Coach Phillips and company. Cardinal Mooney with a huge victory over Bayshore, as we spoke about earlier. They'll be in the playoffs as well. Coach Clark and company doing a great job with that team this year. Booker Tornadoes, Coach Scotty Littles for the second straight year. They're going back to the postseason as well. He's getting Booker back to where they need to be after a few years of them being in the doldrums as well. Braden River dropping the game to Robinson. I'm unsure of what their postseason status is. But a nice job by that coaching staff over there to continue to get those young men to just buy in and not give up when things were looking really dim during the season. Definitely. When you look at what Venice was able to do, they were able, and I said it here on this podcast earlier in the year, they could run off like six straight. I think they ran off seven straight, but it was about early in the season they were able to play some of the excuse me, better teams around the state out of conference. And then when they got in conference, when they got into their district and to play everybody here on the Sun Coast, they were able to excel and really come into their own. You look at what they're doing at Booker and, and the athletic director there, uh, Combo, he's, he's also the coach, Coach Littles, uh, a special group. Uh, they're buying in. And Xavier did the story on OP. Omarion, uh, who's over there, Patterson. Uh, they have some talent, some speed. Uh, they, they've never lacked talented players. So it's just a, bat, a matter of putting everything together. And I think they have to go on the road this weekend on Friday and play. I want to say they're at Fort Meade, which is going to be a challenge. Last year they went over to Frostproof. 
So it's possible. You know, anything is possible, and Booker is a tough out. You look at Riverview, the Riverview Rams, and with Coach Smithers, that team is very disciplined. They're running downhill with the running back DJ. Their quarterback in Broxton, uh, he's, he's very crafty, very good. He can throw the ball around, and they have a good defense. So they're going to be another good team to keep our eyes on, and, and we're looking forward to providing you guys with all the latest information on all of our teams here on the Suncoast. And a couple of more rapid-fire football headlines for you guys. Sarasota Christian, they had a very nice regular season, but they lost in their playoff matchup on Friday night. Unfortunately, their season is over. TCA Sarasota, it was a back-and-forth season for them, but they did make it to the postseason, but they're out as well. But the St. Stephen's Episcopal Falcons were very successful against Oasis on Friday in a low-scoring matchup, winning 14-7. to it was 7-7 to at the end of the first half. No scores in the second half at all. St. Stephen scores a go-ahead touchdown in overtime. Oasis is trying to get a first down. It's fourth down. The pass is incomplete. They end up advancing to the championship game against Mount Dora Christian, and that game will be played St. Stephen's and Mount Dora Christian this Saturday at Bryant Stadium in Lakeland. And, of course, we'll be bringing you all the coverage on that. And those guys are actually going for back-to-back state championships themselves. So, you know, we'll definitely have our eye on that. But the, the season is not over for us yet with what I'm about to say. But I have to say this because there are some teams that we will not see again this year. Thank you all for a very nice football season for the fall of 2023. Whether you won, whether you lost, you gave us some very enjoyable moments for those Friday nights for us here at for us here at ABC7 and for us to be able to bring to our viewers who are watching from home. So thank you all for that. But the playoffs officially start on Friday for the public schools and we are looking forward to that 100%. We will have a show for you, of course, Friday night game night at 11 p.m. on Friday. We'll have some preview stories on Friday as well at 5 and 6 p.m. But James and I are looking forward to bringing the lightning and the thunder to you as we always do on Friday nights. Now, another notable team that we want to keep our eyes on and tell you about is the Outdoor Academy. They're playing on Friday against Lighthouse Private Christian Academy, LPCA, right? So Outdoor Academy has made it back to the state championship. They won the championship last year, and what Coach was able to talk about was how this particular team and his program had a bunch of baseball players who bought into a winning mentality, and they were a very winning, they were a great program on the baseball side, and so a lot of those personalities went into the locker room on the football side, and they were very successful. So now here they are back in a state title, and they have an opportunity to win. So we will keep you posted on that as well. We also want to take this time to send a huge shout-out to the volleyball programs in our high schools here in this area as well, each and every last one of them. Um, A great job this season for those young ladies and those coaching staffs. The last three, well, the last four who were standing, rather, were Riverview, Braden River, Cardinal Mooney, and Venice. And Venice was actually going for history, trying to get back-to-back state championships and what would have been a seventh overall championship under head coach Brian Wheatley. Unfortunately, they were not able to do that going to Carrollwood Day, and they lost in that matchup. 
But a huge congratulations to everyone playing volleyball on the Sun Coast as well for our local high schools. But beach volleyball season will be coming up in the spring, and we will be following that as well. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up and get out of here, folks. Uh, Stay tuned to uh, ABC7 Sports this week during our 5, 6, and 11 p.m. newscasting as well as Good Morning Suncoast. We have some great content coming your way today as I just gave you a teaser to that Northport resurgence story that you'll see this evening starting at 5 p.m. But once again, just great to be back in the rotation of things. Great to be back on your TV screens. Looking forward to continuing to bring you more as, you know, the dynamic duo of James and Xavier here at ABC7 Sports, you know, we're bringing it. And uh, as uh, Coach Prime would say, we coming. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Have a great day, everyone.